February 12, 2024. We're in Masechet, if you count from where the Mishnah begins, you see the Mishnah below the midway point, 12 lines upward. It's in the middle of the line where it says, Vehashta. The first word on the line is Mishum, if you can find that. Again, it's a little bit above the midway through the page. If you count from that Mishnah, it's 12 lines up. If you recall, the Gemara had just resolved the issue, the question of whether we consider Palganizka when a person pays half of the damages in a, a situation of shortam, the first three times that your animal gores, that your ox gores, whether it's to be considered like mamon, it's a normal financial compensation to the person who you damaged, or on the other hand, it's to be considered as kenas, it's a penalty. What's the difference with regards to how we look at it? Well, the way we look at it is a question with regards to that animal. Is that animal to be considered behezkat shimur or not? Do we assume that that animal is safeguarded even without your uh, utmost uh, concern and looking after it in full sense? If that's the case, then why are you paying? Well, that's why it's considered a kenas. We want you to be fully vigilant, says the Torah. On the other hand, it's shelo behezkat shimur. The other claim is, Oh, any animal, even from the very beginning, is to be considered dangerous to the extent that it might damage, and as a result, we would consider palganiska, even though you're paying half, mamona, uh, financial normal compensation. Well, that being the case, the Gemara resolved it. It gave us a tiuftan, it gave us an answer. Where posek lahalacha, the Gemara said, Therefore, we addressed one practical difference. If a person were to walk into Beitin, into the rabbinical court, and admit to the wrongdoing that his animal gored another, the admission, the admission uh, exempts him from having to pay. Uh, that's what we addressed until now in the Gemara. Now says the Gemara, Now that we said... You're going to ask me the question you asked me twice, Nathan. So then why should it be half? Well, well, no, why, why distinguish between once and last? No, same question. Yeah. So uh, what do you want me to tell you? We're not posek lahalacha that way, so you should be happy. Anyway, it says the Gemara, it's a good question. But I, I preempted you. I'm, I'm not putting you down. I just, I got it. Says the Gemara, now that we established that half um, uh, nezik, the half of a payment is considered kenas, it's considered a uh, penalty. Hai kalba, says the Gemara, if a dog went ahead, de'achal imre, and it ate uh, lambs. Vishunra, or a cat ate, de'achla tarnegola, ate a uh, chicken or a rooster. Both of those are very strange situations, not common. The dog will, generally speaking, not be able to catch and devour and attack and kill a uh, lamb, nor will a cat be able to, even if it's a strong cat, get the uh, chicken. In those situations, mishunahu, we'd consider that strange. We'd consider that peculiar, out of the norm. And as a result, we wouldn't collect in Bavel. Rashi, on the left-hand side, explains this uh, matter to us. Imre, says Rashi, kivasim, first the lambs. Mishunahi, or Mishunahu, it's peculiar, out of the norm. De'endarkan bekach, 
It's not normal for a dog to attack a lamb. It's not normal for a cat to attack a chicken. And as a result, it's considered a derivative of keren, because keren, after all, the goring of an animal with intention to damage, uh, the Gemara has established for us, is mishunah. That's not a normal thing to do. In those two situations as well, you'd be paying half. We learned Masechet Sanhedrin together, the Gemara there on Dafhet, the Gemara later on Daf Yod Bet, uh, fully fleshes out these laws, the concept being, in order to be done dinek and asot, from the from this past week's parasha, in order to judge on cases of penalties, you need what's known as betin mumchin, you need dayanim, you need judges, who have what's known as semicha. Uh, that existed in Eretz Yisrael. It didn't exist outside of Eretz Yisrael, for example, Vavil. Therefore, the only way to collect penalties, such as the half damage of a short time, as the Gemara established for us, is in Eretz Yisrael. You can't do that in Bavil. The Gemara has said nothing more, nothing less than that. Again, the Gemara has established that these two peculiar cases are to be considered kerin. They're strange, they're peculiar, they're not normal. As a result, the only way to collect would be in Eretz Yisrael, not in Bavil. That's what the Gemara has established. Regular damages, absolutely. Can I saw it? No. I'm saying the first, the first three, all those kind of stuff. First three is kenas, can't collect. After first three, you could collect. Yeah, but half, even, I'm half is what we're talking about. Even no collection. Every kerin, shen and regal is not half, it's full from the beginning. Only kerin is the strange ones, quote unquote, and only kerin do you pay less than the full amount, only kerin do you not collect in Bavim. So yeah? That's how we established. Hilchita, Palga Kenasa. Why do we have strange play cases in Babel? I just thought it was in Kalaki Babel, right? I understand what you're saying. You're saying that without mentioning these lines in the Gemara, we could have said another ramification of it being considered a Kenas is you don't collect in Babel. My guess is, I could be wrong about this, that in the time of the Gemara, they're not dealing so much any longer with oxen that are goring. Mm -hmm. And so they're speaking practically to their constituents and saying, you know, we do have sometimes, sometimes you have a strange case where a cat attacks or a dog attacks. And that's why the Gemara is say, stating it like that, because it's speaking to the people in Bavil. The point is you won't even need to confess if you're in Bavil. If you're in Eretz Yisrael, go confess. You don't like that one. I know, I know, I know. It's a pasuk in this past week's parasha. I hope you uh, made noise. There was enough noise already. Anyway, the Gemara, the Tosafot here on the right-hand side, deals with the following. The Gemara is establishing for us, if you were to consider... Uh, which we do, half payment of a short time to be considered kenas, you won't collect it in Bavel because it's considered keren and mishuna. What if you consider it mamon? So the assumption is, of course you would collect it. The only reason you're not collecting this in Bavel is because it's considered a penalty, and we don't collect penalties in Bavel. What if it's mamon? We would assume you're for sure collecting. Take a look at Tosafot, explains Tosafot, nir'ah, it appears, the davkalim and amar palganiska kenasa. 
Uh, the Gemara is stating that these are to be considered palga diniska kenasa. Aval lemanda amar palga diniska mamona la mehayev kelal. Tosafot suggests if you have this funny case, it kind of answers Jesse's question as well a little bit. You have this funny case of the cat or the dog attacking the bigger or different types of animals. Uh, the Gemara was seemingly telling us a law of, well, since it's considered kanas, you'd have to be in Israel. Suggest Tosafot if you were to be considering palgad diniskam mamona, that the half payment is a monetary payment, you wouldn't collect it even in Israel. Well, can I collect it even in Israel? Why not? How would you quantify this situation? How would you explain a dog attacking a uh, lamb or a, a cat attacking a tarnigolet, a chicken? After all, as we began this class, as we've repeated several times, the distinguishing factor between whether I consider the half payment a penalty or a financial payment is what is the nature of the animals. The nature of the animal to be considered, it's safeguarded, or not, right? That was the... Now, if I am to argue that it's palgadiniska mamona, that it's a financial restitution payment, well, then I'm assuming that oxen are beheskat shimur. I'm assuming that oxen are somewhat safeguarded. Well, suggest Tosafot over here, that being the case, that means keren, according to such an opinion, is orhen. That's more the normal way that things happen. One more time. If I argue palgadniska kenasa that the half payment is a penalty, then why are you paying? What is this? It's a penalty. You didn't have to realize that your animal was going to be dangerous. Your animal wasn't to be considered dangerous. We're penalizing you. That's a funny case, a peculiar case, similar to our Gemara case, the dog or the cat attacking funny situations. If you're to consider it restitution, Nathan's question notwithstanding, we were expecting, so to speak, the animal to be attacking. We assume that the animal in that situation is It's not to be safeguarded, and it makes sense it attacked. You're paying restitution charges. Well, is that the same as the dog or the cat who attacks in this situation? Those are objectively funny situations. Do you understand? Again, so Tosafot spun it in the opposite direction. Since it's mamon, it means we expected, the words of Tosafot is orcheh, it's the derech, it's the way for oxen to gore, and therefore we can't compare it to our case of the dog and the cat, which is not in the nature. What are you going to be left with in the dog and the cat? Nothing. They're not going to pay anything. Ironically, palgadiniskam mamona will get you more lenient because you can't plug it into any of our nizikin situations, right? That's Tosafot's claim. So again, in Tosafot says, according to the opinion which was pushed aside, palgadiniskam mamona lo mechayev kelal. You wouldn't have to pay at all. Uh, the uh, the ironic reading of the Gemara lefiha Tosafot is that the Gemara is being mehadesh. The Gemara is, is is telling you, don't think that you're exempt. If you're in Israel, you'd have to pay. You're only exempt in Bavel. According to the other opinion, you'd be more lenient. Demeheteti. Where would you bring it from? In other words, where would you learn the obligation? Where would you derive the obligation of a dog who attacked a uh, lamb or a uh, cat which attacked? 
attacks a, 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 a chicken, you can't derive this from Keren, the natural case of the Torah, the normal situation of Goren, because we assume Keren to be the normal thing that would happen. We assume that oxen are going to attack. They're not safeguarded naturally. Um, uh, but these situations, it's strange. Uh, that's uh, alluding to the next words in the Gemara, but that's the statement. Says Tosafot, it's different in our case. What about the obligation of paying for the eating? We've been uh, we've been focused until now on the fact that the dog attacked the lamb, that the cat attacked the chicken. I don't know. I'm not I'm not an animal uh, expert. But I can imagine, as do the Rishonim, that dogs would eat lamb meat. That's not strange and peculiar. Cats might eat chicken meat. So the fact that the Gemara is focused on the attacking, does that extend as well to the eating? Do you follow? Again, uh, whereas we're talking about the strange act of small dog attacking big lamb, maybe, the Gemara will tell us that explicitly in a moment, the sizes, or small uh, and slower kitten attacking the, uh, the chicken. Uh, that's with regards to the attack. That's Mishune. That's strange. That's not normal. What about the eating afterwards? The eating afterwards, is that as well exempt in uh, Bavel? Is that exempt everywhere? Is that also Keren? So uh, Rosh in Perek Bet and Siman Gimal uh, cites from Rashi, seems to allude to this at least, that the halacha would be that since the attack was abnormal, the eating is abnormal as well. Rosh disagrees. Rosh says the attack might be abnormal. But if the animal goes ahead and eats it, provided that it's in Reshut HaNizak, on the property of the person uh, of, of, of ownership, in such a situation you'd pay, betorat shen, it's eating from the animal. You're not allowed to eat from my animal, and that's a normal way of doing things. Okay, but that being the case back in our Gemara. Again, our Gemara says hashta, hashta means now, de'amarta that you told me, palga nizka kenasa, that half of damage, in other words, short time is to be considered kenasa, penalty, hai kalba, if you had a dog, de'achal imre, which eats from lambs, vishunra de'achlat tarnegola, or a uh, cat, which eats from a, uh, or a tax rather, a, uh, a, uh, a chicken, mishunahu velamagbinan bebavel, continues the Gemara. Maran says, but you should know this is specifically true, literally speaking, these words, uh, this is true specifically when the lamb, we're reading it like Rashi, is big, and the chicken is perhaps big as well. Uh, if the chicken is small and it's a regular cat, if it's a small lamb and a regular dog, we can imagine that that might be the derech. Dogs might attack lambs if they're smaller lambs. It's a question of the size of the lamb with regards to establishing this. Are we okay with this? Good. Says the Gemara onward, Vi'itafas. Question, Nathan? Maybe, maybe the day is big or small, the lamb. The first, uh, the audacity. The first one against you is Hazal. What do you want me to tell you against? I, I don't know. I don't know if we'd reestablish it if we determined that dogs got stronger today, but that's... Uh, so, it Yeah. Rashi writes, Beravreve means big, Tarnigolim, Ukfasim Gidolim, then Derech Kelev Vehatul Hurgan. The only time it's not the normal way is when they are big. Now, the Gemara significantly continues with words we've alluded to in the past. Vi'itafas, 
la mafkinan mineh, which means to say, if the person who got damaged in Bavel is tofes, he grabs, let's for the moment imagine it as him grabbing the dog or the cat after the damage, la mafkinan mineh, we don't take it away from him. One more time, my dog, la aleno, attacks your lamb. Your lamb is lying there all injured or maybe dead on the floor. I say, ah, we're in America, no simuchim, we don't have a bedin for this, I'm sorry, Al. You know, you'll have to figure this out one day, but I'm sorry for the loss, nice knowing you. You'll grab my dog and you'll hold on to it. We can't, I can't bring you to bedin, say, give me my dog back. You said, oh, the dog is payment for, it. what do you mean? The bedin didn't determine that. I grabbed that, and my grabbing is appropriate. If the nizak, the person who got damaged in Bavil, grabs it, we don't take it away from him. Uh, that's the next stage in the Gemara. Uh, it grabs what? So until now, I translate it, and we'll read it in Tosafot this way, as the grabbing of the mazik, of the actual object which damaged. What about beyond that? What about uh, your dog attacks, uh, my dog attacks your lamb, hey, you come by my house and you pick up my TV, I don't have one, you gra- grab my TV and you walk out with it. Are you allowed to do that? What if you show up in my house and you grab my uh, I don't know, car keys and you drive away with my car, you say, after all, my lamb is gone. Uh, isn't that, uh, is that appropriate? Tosafot, baram tosafot, v'itafas, lamafkinan mine, writes Tosafot, omer rabenu tam, that's Rabbeinu Tam's claim. Davka, this is your man now. Itafas hamazik atzmo. This statement in the Gemara that it's permitted in Bavel, outside of a place of betin simuchim, that you're allowed to grab as your payment, it's only if you took the actual object of nezek, of damage, the kelev, or hashunra, or the hatul, the cat. De la mafkinan, such a situation we don't take it away. When it's the actual damaging object, the rabbis were lenient. You're allowed to keep it if you took it at the time of damage, say the rabbis, Alan. However, something else, you grab my car, you took my computer, my laptop, whatever it is, look. Uh, absolutely not. Why not? Because if any time you take something from me, the Betin can't take it from you, it will come to a uh, dangerous situation. How so? Today or tomorrow, you will, uh, Alan, because my dog attacked your lamb, come and seize my possessions, my whole house. Okay, I'll take it away from you. We can't now take it away from you. You want to know why? After all, the Bedin has their arms strapped. We are not allowed to judge situations of penalties. Alan grabbed whatever he gla- grabbed based on a penalty obligation. Uh, so we said, but it's not commensurate. You took a million dollars of my value, and you, I only damaged a thousand dollars. So I said, let's go to Betin. Betin says, I'm sorry, we can't listen to this. Well, you can't listen to this. This is Dinek Nasot. You're kidding me? He took my whole thing. 
That's Tosafot, that's Rabbeinu Tam's claim. If anything that you take, we wouldn't take away, we'll come to a dangerous situation. And me, the damager, will end up losing more than I damaged. That's, uh, that's all you can take, says Rabbeinu Tam. And only at the time of the attack. And only at the time of the attack. Why would you think um, maybe you can't keep more, but maybe you could grab. I didn't do the full evaluation. He says, I don't know exactly what the damage is. I don't know exactly how much your uh, car costs. I'm going to grab the car. We'll figure it out in Beitin. You could imagine that. I mean, if we're in Israel, you could certainly do that. Rabbi Tam would agree. That's the claim of Tosafot Rosh. Uh, importantly, and we'll address some of it now, we'll address a little bit more, a lot more, when we get to the second Perik on the Sugav Avid Inish Dinale Nafshe, Rosh, that's the page I gave to you at the beginning, in Siman Kaf. In Siman Kaf, in the back of the Gemara, Rosh, initially, Siman Kaf is on the bottom left-hand side of page Vav. Um, so he first quotes from Rabbeinu Tam, and then if you'll uh, jump in to the words of Rosh together with me, uh, where he uh, disagrees with um, Rabbeinu Tam. He says the following, well, give me a second... In the, the, before the lines get narrow, there's two lines up. Do you see that? And if anyone doesn't have, you could grab right here. Before the lines get narrow, two lines up, the first word in the line is yafsid, right? In the middle of the line, it says, Velo yacholti. This is Rosh Rabbeinu Asher ben Yechiel, on the very end of the Ba'alei Tosafot spectrum, writes, Velo yacholti la'amod al devarav. I couldn't, it literally means stand on his words. I can't understand Rabbeinu Tam. Di'im lakah yoter zakav, because if Alan takes more than I damaged him, yecholim betin ladun. Of course the Betin could judge. What do you mean? Alan will claim, he'll say, it's a, it's a penalty situation. So that he'll give back the extra. At that point, it's no longer considered penalty. You've already been paid back. You're holding on to more than your payback. Says Rosh, as Nathan, as I think everyone felt, I can't understand you, Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Tam, your claim is, once Alan grabs, the whole thing is subsumed under the heading of penalty. It's not penalty. The amount that was taken as per my penalty amount, oh, that's what you get to keep, and that's what the betin can't deal with. Above and beyond that, they're giving back what you stole from me. Maybe not knowingly, but you stole that from me. That's Rosh's mahloket with Rabbeinu Tam, an important one. Rosh continues on the next side. If you switch to the next side for a moment or two, and you count from the top down, uh, it's going to be hard to count this one. About 20 lines down, it's on the right-hand column, and uh, it's, uh, you, you'll see the words, Veharam Halevizal. The first word on the line is Yisrael. You see that on the next side, about 20 lines down, 
five words before the end of the line where it says, Veharam Halevizal. He's quoting from a rabbi who's known as Rabbi Meir Abu Lafya. He wrote a book called Yad Rama. Veharam Halevizal. You see it, Jesse? Veharam Halevizal. De Israel. Veharam Halevizal Katav. Hadam Rinani Tafas La Mafkinan Mine. Hainu Davka Keshiur Niske. O Besir Miniske. Says whom Rosh is siding from. He says when we talk about the fact that if he grabs, he gets to keep what he grabbed outside of Israel on Kenas, we mean if it's a lower than the amount that is owed, so to speak, the half damage situation. If it's more, why would you have more? Most penalties are more. A penalty of, for example, if I steal something from you and I don't admit and I get caught, how much do I have to pay? I have to pay double the amount. If I stole, and we'll see this halacha later, it was in past week's parasha as well, and I slaughtered your animal or I sold your animal, is an extra t- penalty, four or five. What if I grab uh, um, uh, Alan's animal, I steal it from him, I slaughter it, or I steal from him and I get caught holding on to it. He now figures that out, realizes the situation, shows up at my, my home, and grabs double the amount of his item. I, sold, I stole, I don't know, $100 item, he grabs $200 item. In that situation as well, does he get to keep it? Says, says uh, Rabbi Meir HaLevi, you do not. His claim is this is to protect in Bavel a takana, an establishment of the rabbis to protect the Allen Malas. We're protecting you in what you lost. We're not going above and beyond and protecting you beyond that amount. This concept, if you want to qualify or quantify and explain, what's this idea of tefisa? Jeffrey was bothered by this last week. We're well, allowing for you to steal. According to Rabbi Meir HaLevi Abu Lafia, this establishment of tefisa is called takana, establishment of the rabbis. What's the establishment of the rabbis? We can't let you lose out. That's not fair. We feel bad. You can't lose out. You're going to go above and beyond. Oh, that far. That's the claim of, of Maharam Halevi. Rosh disagrees. Rosh himself disagrees and his claim goes as follows. We'll learn it later on the Gemara and Kavzaim. There's a concept known as Avid Inish Dina Lenafsheh, which means to say, if I'm deservant of something, technically speaking, in many situations, I can just grab it as is owed to me without going into betin. Well, sometimes yes, sometimes no, but we'll read at great length. Says Rosh, that's what this itafis lamafkinan mine is all about, which means to say, if it's deserving to you, all right, we can't judge it, but are you owed it? Open the pisukim, last week's parasha, you're owed it. It's double, you're owed, you grab it. Betis, no, we don't have a takana. We even know takana. I'm making an establishment for myself, which means to say, that disagreement of very fundamental mental one between Rosh and Maharam HaLevi is a question about what these words in the Gemara really mean. When you talk about itafis la mafkinan mine, when you say that he grabs it, we're allowing thievery in this situation, it's takarat hachamim, one way of going, or we're allowing you to bring the law into your hands 
And even though we can't do it, our hands are strapped, we're allowing for you to affect it. Uh, we'll return to this one we learned on Daf Kafzai, important to mention already now. Uh, so what have we established then in the Gemara? So the Gemara told us this funny cases in Bavel, how you wouldn't be done, we saw Tosafot. We furthermore understood that if the person grabs it, you can't take it away from them. Rabbein only if they grab the item, the dog, the cat which attacked. Rosh, uh, even more. And the, the, the difference will return. You grab more, we'll give the rest to me, says Rabbeinu Tam. That's done. Dine Knasso Bavet, says Rosh, it's not so. Yes, I can then trade with you, but you can do so. Sure. 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 I may as well pay you before you do so. No, but I thought you only could take the animal that damaged. Rabbeinu Tam. Ah, well, as usual, you're a Rabbeinu Tam person. Against the Torah? You'd rather us avoid, uh, go against the Torah? Right. The Gemara. Uh, I, I hear you. This is, this is one of many sugyot that we're dealing with, where the hachamim are faced with pesukim as they interpret them in the Torah, have their hands strapped, quite literally, and, don't not, and they're trying to circumvent it. They're circumventing by saying, so you go and grab. Uh, you're right, it's not so clean, but it's less clean if we're going to violate what we understand to be a violation from the Torah, there was, you might recall, in Masechet, in Masechet Sanhedrin and elsewhere, Shema Israel Torah can't hold. There is a, a, a concept which we addressed elsewhere in Sanhedrin, and, and it's known as Shlichutayu de Rabbanan Ka'avdeh. We'll address that in, in, in Bava Kamat, another jun- junction. There, there was an establishment at some point in some way where we understood we don't have the authority per se, but we're acting on the authority of those in Eretz Yisrael. It does potentially avoid Avid Inish. Dina de Malchuta Dina, you want something along those lines. Okay, uh, it's an interesting angle which needs to be explored, and maybe they could have uh, without that. Let's. Um, I, I don't know. You know, this one's not so hard if it's Rabbeinu Tams. If no, no, no. Let's 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 leave that. Rabbeinu Tams. He grabs the door. All right. Continues the Gemara. All right. Continues the Gemara. Says the Gemara. Uben kach, uben kach. Says the Gemara. Whether the person grabbed. Or not, excuse me, I skipped a line. Says the Gemara, Vitafas la mafkinamine, vi amar, and if the Alan Mala, the Nizak says instead, he says, all right, I'm not going to grab, but he says instead, Kabauli zimna, the Zlina le Aradi Israel. He turns to Betin and says, hey, uh, judges, I know you can't handle this. I know you have your hands strapped, but can you establish for me a time? Get, do your correspondence with the judges in Israel. Set for me a time, and I'm going there with Harari. I'm demanding that. They send a telegram or whatever to Eretz Israel. They get back and they say, All right, you have to be there on Aleph Sivan, and you'll be there with Harari. And then if Harari, the Mazik, doesn't go, I say, ah, I don't have. 
have the time. I'm so I have business. I have my responsibilities. I can't go with you to Israel. I get excommunicated. So we are trying to do in Bavel, this is some glimpses, some glances at what they're doing to try to affect with their hands tied by the Torah, nonetheless, justice and judgment. Uben kach, uben kach, says the Gemara, and irrespective of whether he's tofes or does at misham tinanle, ad misalek hezeka. We nonetheless turn to Harari and we say, your dog, your cat, kill it. Or oh, kill it. This is a bingo. Kill it. It's a dangerous dog. Kill it. If not, we excommunicate you until the moment you do so. Well, what authority? It's a statement of Rabbi Natan. We have a Beraitan, which Rabbi Natan, Rabbi Natan Omer, How do you know, says Rabbi Natan in this Beraita, that it's forbidden for a person to raise a Kelevra, we'll have to define those words in a bit, either today or tomorrow, a evil, a wicked, crazy dog, let's translate it. All right, if you say so, I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the definition. It might not matter the breed, it might matter the type. Huh? You can't have a cuddly pit bull. Right, anyway, give me a second, give me a second, good point. Rosh, in a second. You can't have a rickety, it's, it's forbidden. You have a rickety ladder in your house, break it. It's dangerous. Both of these are dangerous situations. And they're a violation of Torah law. Talmud lomar, lo tasim damim bebetechad. Pasuk in Torah says, don't place, don't allow for blood to enter into your home. Now the Pasuk in context, as Jesse knows, is in the situation of ma'akeh, where you're building a, a gate, a fence for your roof. Now the Pasuk doesn't say, don't place blood on your roof. It says, bebetecha. The rabbis derive from that. It means anything that could be dangerous in your possession, in your house, you have to get rid of, including a crazy dog or a cat and, uh, and, and a rickety, uh, uh, dangerous um, ladder. Uh, Rosh wonders then, he says, when do we ever have a uh, shom tam? Uh, we can have short time one time. You told me that a short time is the first three times it gores. What do you mean? It's rare gonna, rarely going to happen. The first time your animal gores, kill it. What's that? Short is not in your house. It's not a domesticated animal. It's in the field. It's in Sade. All right. Nice, nice response. Rosh goes the same way. He doesn't do it from the derashah in that respect. I guess you would say. Uh, the, uh, lives on the property. It's the response of Solomon. Rosh instead, at the end of Siman Kaf here, says that this animal in our Gemara, the dog or the cat, are clearly out of their mind. Which dog attacks a lamb and which cat attacks, again, a bigger chicken, only a very deranged and wild one? When I'm dealing with an ox, ironically, Tosafot's understanding, excuse me, Rosh's understanding is, the first three times it gored another ox, you don't say that's out of its mind and absolutely deranged, and therefore you're not obligated with the threat of excommunication to kill it. That's what Rosh writes at the end here of Siman Kaf here. At the end of Siman Kaf, that's what he writes. Okay, so that being the case, that's what we've established. There's one lingering, somewhat practical issue, which we have three minutes to address, and that is, is it forbidden to own a dog? The Gemara, the statement is not only should you not own one, put it to death. The Gemara tellingly does say, however, that it's only if it's a kelevra. How do we define kelevra? There is a Mishnah later on now in Masechet, and and the Mishnah of Ein Teta Mudbet will talk about things you shouldn't own and shouldn't have on your property. Lo yigadel adam et hakelev. You shouldn't have a dog. 
אלא אם כן היה קשור בשלשלת. Unless it's chained up, statement in the Mishnah. We'll return to that Mishnah in a moment. Then you have Gemara on the Pe'amudalif. The Gemara on the Pe'amudalif cites what Rabbi Ishmael used to say. Rabbi Ishmael omen, megadilim kelavim kofrim. Certain types of dogs, not only are they okay, it's good to have them. The hatulim, the kufim, the holdot, sanaim, all these other types of animals, good to have around your house. Why so? Because they clean out your house. They clean out your house, says Rashim, in the in order to get rid of the rats. Indeed. Uh, that's some dogs, yes, yeah, some dogs, no. Then you have, lastly, to the best of my knowledge, these are the three, four Gemarot that are always quoted about dogs. The Gemarot of Pegimal, commenting on the Mishnah, seems to say there's an Arur, there's a curse from the rabbis, if you own, sounds like any dog, and it's in the context of them potentially causing miscarriage to women. Uh, so what's the halakha ma'aseh on this matter? You don't like it, you have a dog? That's uh, so the, the harambam. Harambam, interestingly, and, uh, and stringently, in Perekev, Hilchot Nizkei Mamon, Halachatet, right? Ve'amru hachamim arur, that's the Gemaram Pegima, that you're cursed, Migadel, Klavim, Vehazirim, and uh, pigs as well, Mipenesh, Hezekan, Meruba, Umatsui, he doesn't distinguish, he says, all dogs are very dangerous, don't have them. Boom, according to Harambam, I care if you're strong, strict, Maimonidean, I don't think there's any way around it, you may not own any dog. Alternatively, Hagahot Maimoniot, many of the Ashkenazic poskim, Semag, and others, they uh, pay attention to the words in our Gemara and in that Mishnah specifically. We're talking about some sort of Kelev Ra. We're distinguishing between different types of dogs. And we're saying, provided that your dog is safeguarded, it's okay. But what type of dogs are specifically the ones that are problematic? When are we, Rashi, in the Mishnah, and Tet, they all, many quote, he writes, Et HaKelev Noshech, a dog bites, umenabeh and barks, umapelet isham yirato, and as a result, women, gemaram pegimal, might have miscarriage. In other words, they're dangerous to that respect. Everybody is uncertain about these words in Rashi. Bites and barks, bites or barks, bites and barks, bites or barks, and causes miscarriage. Uh, if I do have it chained up, is it permitted? Generally speaking, there's lots of room for leniency on this matter. Indeed, if you read it as just barks and um, frightens, Shohan Aruch in Hoshe Mishpat Siman Taftet in Saif Gimal, against Harambam, like the other opinions, that it's only a kelevra. In order to exactly, clearly define what a kelevra is, so there's a larger, longer conversation. Suffice it to say, if you have a tame dog, which is not scaring anyone, there's no violation according to Shohan Aruch. Harambam, it seems clear, would not distinguish, but I bring you back to our Gemara. The statement of Rabbi Natan in the Beraita is very telling. It's kelevra. And the fear specifically is The fear is that it's going to cause bloodshed in your house. It's not per se having a dog that frightens even a little bit. Again, Harambam is strict on this matter because of those Gemarot later on. The cursing, the statement of Rabbi Natan, if we're going to match it with the others, is telling and in, in, in describing to us the Isur, the prohibition from the rabbis, is specifically when the Kelev is Ra, it's dangerous, it's rabid to the extent that it it might cause harm significantly to others. Baruch Adonai Amen ve